one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we are always. The podcast where we are delving into those salty minds of the How Magic times Gathering have you done subreddits. This? Tony, I feel like you're supposed to know. We're this on now. episode 25, so probably like 75 <laughs> times. Yeah. <laughs> it's the podcast where we delve into the salty minds, the Magic the Gathering subreddits. We find the salty posts and then we talk about them. Okay. Yay. <laughs> you did it. I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined. Unfortunately, by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. (laughs) Say hey or don't. I don't care. (laughs) What up? Hey or don't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What a Nick response. Right. I didn't say Simon says. That's why I did it. Just a rule breaker. (laughs) (laughs) So what's going on with you guys? We launched our Patreon. That was pretty cool, huh? that's pretty cool and yeah. no one can get in the discord that we promised them that's yeah. pretty cool <laughs> well this is coming out in in a week so they're oh, definitely yeah. Hopefully in it's the discord and now they must be and the community yeah, is really fucking thriving so. now it's fucking yeah. alive it's lit like yeah people are posting deck lists we're like oh check out this spicy card oh check out this it's just like we're we're vibing in there it's so good yeah yeah yep. i'm feeling it real real hard people certainly haven't been locked out for an entire week no. Yeah. What other manifestations should we do? <laughs> and I also found a hundred dollars uh, yeah. just on the ground the other day. <laughs> right. And I picked it up and I was like, did someone lose this? And um, a gentleman in a tux with a monocle came over and he said, that's my $100. And for being so honest, I'm going to give you $2,000. Oh, sick. Wow. I probably just ordered more fucking borderless cards. <laughs> you definitely more borderless cards. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tony had to pawn off his fiance's engagement ring so he yeah. could buy more borderless <laughs> cards. <laughs> uh, sorry, Stephanie, we actually can't have the wedding anymore. Uh, I need that money for more cards, for more cardboard. Dude, just get a borderless wedding ring. <laughs> Yo. Hey. And give that to hey. her. We'll see how that goes. I'll try taking it off her finger right now and be like, I'm, I need this for something else. That'll be our first piece of video content. Yeah. It'll be when we go on TikTok. <laughs> taking my girlfriend's ring to pay for magic cards. <laughs> a it's just a prank, bro. <laughs> oh, man. My. Well, yeah, uh, the Patreon is bumping, though. You guys should should definitely check it out jump in there we've got the discord going we have our lost episode up as a little bonus for joining and we mentioned it in our previous episode but the first 50 people who join our dash tier our seven dollar tier in addition to getting the discord access the bonus episode every month that extra little bonus of the lost episode when you join you also are going to receive four of our salty treasure tokens um, and that's open to everybody. If you're international, we're going to send them to you at no additional charge, just, just the cost for you to jump in and check out some of our content and support us a little bit. 
Pipe, 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 pipe. And that is at uh, patreon.com slash howling salt mine. Go check it out. I also drew a beautiful border that is super dope. Maybe we'll be a mat one day. You never know. And I also drew, <laughs> I drew the hands that are, have a pinch of salt and a little dash of salt as well. <laughs> I was very proud of those. Love they're that. Good. They're pretty solid. Yeah. I definitely didn't trace uh, free stock images. No, nice. oh, definitely not. I'm just that good at drawing hands. <laughs> the easiest thing to draw. I have learned that hands are incredibly difficult to draw. Oh, it's absolutely. horrible, dude. Yeah. After like 14 seasons of Ink Masters, I've learned that that is the, uh, that's the mm. crux. It's the dagger in the heart of many an artist on that show. Yeah, that that's why you need tough. to tattoo exclusively Simpsons characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that fourth finger that does you, you know? Yeah. A four-fingered hand is easy. Five fingers easy. is impossible. It's that, yeah, it really is. <laughs> nice. Oh, let's no. do it. Oh no! <laughs> it's grinding to a halt. Uh, all of us looking at each other expectingly. All right, who's got the next joke? Come on, come on. This episode is also going to come out right before our Secret Santa, right? Uh, yeah, it is. One of my cards arrived today, and I'm. I was showing <laughs> Tony before you jumped on the call, Mike, uh, because my deck is for Mike. So I can't see. And it. Mike's deck is for me, and Tony and Nick are exchanging decks. This is the last year of our four-person rotation we've we've done this three years now yeah and we just can't be friends anymore after well i was saying that for next year i have to build myself a secret santa deck yeah (laughs) (laughs) just go on tcg and click wildly order 100 (laughs) cards (laughs) just buy a bunch of sealed product and and force yourself to make one oh god i'm not made of money mike (laughs) <laughs> can you imagine we all go back to like our home lgs's grab like an 800 card box and Ooh. just whatever you can make from that you make those are the days man that would actually be that actually be kind of fun that's when you get invited on quest for the jank lord tony yeah for real <laughs> oh speaking of things we're manifesting. speaking of manifesting yeah <laughs> oh my god amazing. they're out here they're in this region really west yeah, nice. yeah. West. they're like in Minnesota or some shit, I think. Okay. It's all just like a big, I, I am not a geography person. Everything in between the East Coast and the West Coast is the Midwest in my book. There's the South in there too. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the South is in there. But <laughs> Connecticut is the West for me because I'm in Rhode Island. Like Ohio to like Montana, all Midwest. Yeah, I think we can only talk trash about one state and I think it's, I think we don't have any listeners in Vermont and maybe Alaska. Oh, so. we cannot talk trash about Vermont. Mika would, <laughs> Mika would end me. Do we have a listener Mika's in Vermont? Listen to the episodes. We have a partner in Vermont. <laughs> a business partner? <laughs> no, a life partner. <laughs> Is she listening though? <laughs> she will if I tell her. If I tell her there's some... Uh, some Vermont beef. bashing some in spice. it. She'll show up immediately. <laughs> it's Vermont bashing. <laughs> Our new segment for my Discord bashing. will get spammed with like maple syrup support. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not, I didn't say anything bad about maple syrup. Yeah, Vermont has a great sharp cheese. True. Oh, and they have this. Oh my God. There's this fucking in Burlington, Burlington, Vermont. There's this shack. Doesn't matter if it's the winter. I was there in the winter, and it, winter there is like fucking real. It's like it's very cold. Brutal. There's tons of snow. Like like ten seconds outside, and you're hurting from the cold. But they have this fucking. It's called like 
hot cafe, I think. And they have these breakfast sandwiches that you can get where they take like cheddar cheese and they like crisp it on a grill until it's like crisp. Mm. It's like crispy. And it's like fucking fire. And I'm like, why have I never done this? And now I do it all the time. It's definitely really unhealthy, but it's like delicious. Fried cheese is insane. and cheese with like a fried cheese. It was, oh man. So props to Vermont. If you just make like a sloppy grilled cheese, you'll have that same effect at home. I've just never... I've never been that sloppy with my grilled cheese. There's just like cheese everywhere. But it's <laughs> yeah, like but you fried. get that you get that perfect crispy cheesiness through the whole thing, which is mm, that is pretty mind nice. blowing. I do like that. Well, yeah, that's my aside on Vermont. <laughs> Should we talk about magic now? Oh, no, so let's Tony, talk about what's the rest salt? of the fifty states? <laughs> oh, fuck. What is salt? <laughs> fuck. I'm going to lose my job. Sam, what's salt? <laughs> no, no, you, Tony, you go. Tony, you do it. Oh, shit. So, salt <laughs> is uh, <laughs> when you're not really prepared to talk about something and like it gets sprung on you and you're like, oh, I'm fucking trash. I don't know how to describe salt. No, what salt is at all. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm no expert, but I don't think that's Fuck. it. <laughs> I think that's just embarrassment. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and that shame, might... <laughs> humiliation. You're closer. Hey, humiliation Fuck. in front of your peers. Yeah. <laughs> um, salt is, you know, those bad feelings you get in the game when you're nice. Uh, He's doing it. Why can't I? <laughs> we talk about it every week. I feel so called out here <laughs> yeah see hard to define it's, it's kind of hard reason, isn't it there's a reason sam gets paid the big bucks yeah it, it's, <laughs> it's hard to be the person who uh you were you're were teasing me at the front my of job this call. is just to ask sam i'm not supposed to know <laughs> it's not as easy huh not gonna no. take old sam for granted anymore are you huh <laughs> no he probably still will <laughs> um yeah salt is the frustration you feel in the game Fuck, is... that's the word i was looking for <laughs> it's when like, there's one word i need and i'll get it I when someone plays there, a stacks piece that really disrupts your deck maybe it's some removal that hits you at a very pivotal moment or maybe your win gets stolen or you just get steamrolled salt can also happen from other players being like a kind of a jerk at the table or mean pub stomping you um that can make people salty as well I can tell you on you were on Twitter today because the first two things you talked about were stacks and removal. Yeah. And everyone's been talking about <laughs> removal and Dranith and like, oh, is it okay? So funny, which is funny because that was our salty card of the week last week. Perfectly timed. And it like the episode came out today, you know, today being a week in the past to the listener. And it was the day that people were like, should Dranith be banned? And we were like, I think I'm it's on fine. record saying like Dranith is great and I love it and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are. <laughs> Which I still stand by. I don't think it should be I say on the record we're saying that because it's true. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm fully in favor of less bands versus more bands. I mean, we talk about this all the time. If you are having an issue at your table, talk to your group and be like, hey, that's not the type of game I want to be playing. You know, sometimes you want that grindy game with some stacks pieces and it's like a puzzle on the board that you want to solve. And sometimes you just want to turn creatures sideways and chill with your buddies and, you know, drink a couple beers and hang out. So you just gotta, just gotta set those expectations, you know? Cha, I vibe with that. I don't need the CAG to tell me what cards I can and can't play. 
Speaking of expectations, uh, what should we be expecting to hear today, Sam? Yeah, yeah people are probably expecting us to read salty stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do that then. Yeah, let's fucking uh, yeah. get into it, boys. Alrighty. This post is titled, What to Do About Someone Who Always Complains About the Politics of the Game. And this one comes to us from user KeyResolve3073. If you guys see user KeyResolve3073, give them an upvote. And the post goes, long story short, one of my friends always plays the most busted shit out of our... (laughs) I'm sorry. I just, I love that to start. (laughs) Long story short, one of my friends always plays the most busted shit out of our playgroup and tries to flex. This usually results in the other players teaming up against him and taking him down. The vibe is pretty tense right now because I most often do the politicking, cutting deals and making sure we take him down. Lol. I tried explaining to him that it's part of the game and that if he keeps bringing in such high-powered decks, it's bound to happen, but nothing works. Lol. <laughs> yeah, just, this is great narration. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess next time we'll just put headphones on and not talk, Lamau. Have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you all come across something like this? I do love this. Oh, the post uh, ended. I was like waiting for another like <laughs> yeah, table or like TTFN. <laughs> Ta ta for now. I, I do love stories like this where people are just like incredulous. They're like, what are we supposed to do? Not fucking talk to each other for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a good time, which is kind of how I feel about this too. It's like, you just want zero table talk, you know, that's it's yeah. strange to me. Well, there's two things. There's, there's complaining as politics and complaining about politics. And I'm not really sure that we're getting the full context from this post about like which one this is, because this could be the guy at the table over and over saying, I'm sick of getting ganged up on, which is sort of what it sounds like is yeah. happening. But it could also be, I'm sick of people talking about ganging up on me. And that's a slightly different complaint that I, I think you kind of address both of those a little bit differently, actually. Yeah, it seems like what the flexing busted shit player is uh, kind of dealing with or, or is frustrated with is other people teaming up and maybe the result of those politics. Like, oh, I hate when politics happen at the table because it usually ends up with me getting beat down. Yeah, You know, that's kind of like what I'm feeling here. In which case, you know, if you're playing that really powerful high tier deck and everybody knows it, people are going to be reluctant to make deals with you. Um, And maybe this person just doesn't really lean into deal making or politicking either because you still can do that. And you actually, I take back what I said, you definitely can do that if you have a high power deck. You can be like, hey, I'm not going to kill you if you make a deal with me (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes like that's not how you want to go about it right because then everybody's like oh you're just threatening me you know but you can be like oh if you don't fuck with my shit like everything i have is going to go at these other people which in essence means the same thing but you're also even not like holding yourself to too much because like in turn later you can kill them once you've killed the other two people right it's true i think that is sort of the solution here is like engage with this player in some positive politics like even if they're usually the stronger deck, give them a like a game or two off 
to not be the arch enemy, like make a deal with them. Uh, and I think that it might just be this case where it feels like nonstop and you would just kind of release the pressure valve on it a little bit by having that extra bit of interaction with them. Yeah. And people will turn pretty quickly from like, uh, oh, like we, I need to use my resources to like get rid of something on this power, this person's like powerful board to, oh, I don't need to do something. And you just like won't really direct any of that ire or hate at me. Like, okay, that's yeah. fine. This happens all the time in our play group. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it makes me sad because usually I feel like I'm on the end where I'm losing because <laughs> I guess I'm bad at politicking, but. But you also have the highest win rate, so you can shut up about that. (laughs) Maybe that's because I'm the best at politicking secretly. (laughs) Well, I do think that there is something about using that position of power, like you guys are saying, to influence the politics on the table. You know, whether it's saying like, hey, I'll go with someone else with my board if you don't remove my piece. Um, But I think there's more subtle ways you can engage in it, too. Like this person isn't coming down just immediately blowing up with the most powerful deck. You can use your removal and your interaction packages to earn some favor with other players around the table while things are still getting set up. And if you see a powerful piece and maybe it's stopping Tony's deck more than stopping my deck, I could be like, hey, dude, I'm going to remove that because I think it's an issue, but I know it's a bigger issue for your deck. And kind of like the table talk gives you an opportunity to to say that stuff and, and to point out those um, situations where you're earning yourself a little bit of favor around the table. Yeah. Like yeah. don't miss an opportunity to like, if you're going to remove something anyway, why not also get something out of it? And it doesn't have to be like egregious, but try to squeeze every little bit of political um, power that you can get from every game action you take. You know, you don't want to be too heavy handed. Then people are just like, dude, shut up. You're trying to make deals all the time. <laughs> but but there is something to be said for just the awareness of that. Well, it sounds like these players are pretty comfortable being very political. Like, I almost think that is one of the things that they're doing a lot of. And that's why this other player is getting so frustrated with them all yeah. the time. So it, it you can play a very enjoyable game of Magic where you're just kind of like shooting the shit while you play, you know, and like you, you play your stuff, but you don't. You can engage in a game of magic without doing like actual table talk about the gameplay itself and just be talking about whatever else you're talking about. But it's just a very different experience. So hopefully that's not what this other player wants. But uh, there are some people out there that that's how they want to play, like just hanging out and chatting while they're putting cards down. And that's something else that you have to figure out. Well, there we have it. What do we think the salt rating is here? Well, I, I kind of want to answer this final question, and I'll do that in the form of a salt rating. Have I come across something like this before? I think the only time I have ever come across somebody who's really adverse to politics is when they're in a situation that they are the known most powerful player, and they become the arch enemy like turn one or two before board states are even really built. You know, like like a player like this person. Sometimes they do build this reputation that can be negative where you're sitting down and you're just like immediately like, we got to take this guy out because we know his deck's going to pop off. That can be really salty on both sides. Like one, you have this table that is dealing with this really salty situation, this deck that's too high power and person who's not willing to tune it down. 
And then on the other hand, you got someone who's sitting down and every single time they sit down, they're like, I have to face three people. So my only solution is to bring a more powerful and a faster deck next time I play. And I, I've seen this in some play groups and it kind of leads to this imbalance where there's just a little bit of salt on both sides and, and it can definitely be frustrating for both people, you know, to break that stigma and to have to play into that stigma every single time. There's a lot of salt that can be generated with politics. It's just like the nature of it, whether it be too much of it or not enough of it. And like, we've definitely had games where it's like, feels like every turn there's a new deal. And I'm, and I'm kind of like, all right, can, like, let's, let's just play magic. <laughs> like everybody play your deck and do your thing. Like it, it gets kind of old eventually when like everybody's making a deal and like all of a sudden nobody can do anything. And I'm yeah. like, this is like, what's the point? I think it's a half shaker, if if you will, I suppose. Hmm. Michael? Trying to find the right thing here. I don't think it's uh, irreparably salty. I think that uh, it seems like a, a pod that, you know, maybe if that player just plays a, a chilled out deck once or twice and isn't always the arch enemy, um, it might kind of reset the playing field a little bit too. So I agree. I think it's sort of a mid shaker and a uh, solid potential to go either way to either escalate or de-escalate here, <laughs> yeah. depending on how people approach it. You go really well or really poorly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they say that the vibe is pretty tense right now. So mm-hmm. it, you're definitely on the edge of filling up the rest of that shaker or, you know, dumping it out. Yeah. <laughs> but mentioning it isn't a problem saying something like, Ooh, hope we don't have to gang up on this guy again. Like you can, <laughs> yeah. you can do things, you know, to, to, to so much. break that tension. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to another one, boys? Let's delve further into the mine. Wow, I like that, Tony. Ooh, I know, I tried. You... Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Mike? Yeah, I was just going to grab my water real quick. Oh. And maybe a crab rangi, if that's not too slow. Yeah, go get a rangi, dude. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> Rangoon! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. A few moments later. All right. Shall we move on to the next one, boys? Let's do it. Hell yeah. Rangoon in hand, ready to go. Absolutely. Gooned up. Goon squad rolling deep. (laughs) That goon. (laughs) Goon squad. (laughs) All right. This post is actually a comment on one of our posts that we did Uh, on the EDH subreddit. Uh, and the post was, have you ever seen salt at a magic convention or event? This is when we came back from magic 30 and we got a great response by user, sir, James, sir, underscore James Z. Uh, if you guys see them on the subreddit, give them an upvote. Fucking do it. Their response says a friend was playing modern burn years ago at a PTQ and got his Esper Control opponent down to three before he stabilized and dropped a circle of protection red with a big smile on his face. My friend, who had built his deck with a hidden black splash for just such sideboarding, proceeds to kill his opponent with a bump in the night and take the match. The opponent packs up his deck in his deck box, stomps on it, and full-on soccer kicks it repeatedly across the floor and out the door of the venue and just leaves for good. 
he must have destroyed everything in his deck. Oh my god! <laughs> what a <laughs> Mike is shocked, uh, but you can't hear him because his mouth is full. Of I'm Rangoon. shocked because I'm full of Rangoon. That was that's nuts. It's <laughs> insane, especially because if you're playing that in a competitive event, it's like money in that deck too. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is wild. Yeah, that's crazy. So, have you guys ever been so? angry that you like damaged a card or wanted to or anything like that no (laughs) (laughs) i've been pouty you know i've been annoyed but i've never been like smash my deck Well, you know me, Sam. I'm I'm frankly always just so rage filled that I damage most things around me every <laughs> time we play. Actually, I I build a deck every time because it's just going to get smashed at the end of the game, even if I win. So, <laughs> I think the most smashing I've ever done is actually with Sam, and I don't know if he remembers this instance or not. But Sam and I had a quartet in college. And we were rehearsing in one of the music rooms in one of the buildings. And we were like, let's fucking just fuck shit up. And we started like flipping the <laughs> chairs and tables. And, like there was this lemon that was in there that we were throwing around and like, trying to like smash with this staff thing we found. It was like, like not, it was not that bad. We weren't like wrecking the place up and, and we weren't salty or anything. We were just being, no, we like, were just doing it. We were just being <laughs> just goopers, we just, you know? <laughs> We're just being unsupervised young adults. <laughs> That's the most smashing I think I've done. <laughs> like that. I don't intense think, of a scenario. I don't think I ever really translate like my gamer rage into physical violence of any kind. I can't think of any time I ever have. I think the closest I've ever gotten to is like, you know, maybe playing like super meat boy and like balling up my fist or like squeezing a controller really tight. I've never like chucked a controller. I've never like kicked a TV or anything like that. I've aggressively thrown it down on a couch, but never like, like thrown your distance. ass down. Like, yeah. Kind of, I'm like just three, like, Ugh. like through like, your booty down, like you boss, threw it down like on the couch. time in a row. And I just fucking throw the controller down, like into the blankets <laughs> that are on me. Like, nice Even yeah then, it's been a while since i've done that because i'm such a pro gamer now so exactly Whoa. i mean i'm actually fucking trash <laughs> when, when i was like when i was a teenager we used to play like these halo land parties and we used to get fucking angry like super pissed off we were all just you know raging on hormones and mountain dew at like 3 a.m <laughs> and we had four tvs like perched on this single folding table and uh, somebody at one point just fucking booted one of the TVs right in the middle. <laughs> and the TV on the other side <laughs> fell off the table onto the people playing. Uh, and that was pretty oh, intense. No. That is ultra intense. Yeah, it was It was my friend James. Hey, James. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. <laughs> Definitely not listening. <laughs> I mean, it is a good point, though, because people do get filled with rage from games of different kinds and like totally. you can imagine you can really easily imagine someone in a competitive event being really frustrated by you know like they might be like this is the first time they're breaking into the scene they're feeling like they're gonna really spike it out and like win and then they're just faced it's... with reality that's like crushing 
Mm. Is, is it more likely for you to happen in a competitive environment or a quote casual environment? So like, I guess the, the difference really being just that there's like nothing on the line, I guess in a competitive environment, you could imagine there's like prizes or something you're competing for. Yeah. I think yeah. it's higher stakes and competitive environments. So you're just more likely to, to feel it. I feel like actually expressing it is maybe a little rarer because like you're in public. So hopefully that mellows people out. <laughs> I find that like in general, I think that's always true. I think for me personally, like in my own personal, like at competitive things like that, like I've done a couple of like rock climbing competitions and different things. I always just get super nervous and I like fuck all my shit up and then I can't do anything and I'm like worse, but I'm just like more internally like upset with myself and get very in my own head with those kinds of things. But I don't tend to like act out as much, Uh, but I know that's a reaction for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm more of the personality type where if something like this were to happen to me, I'd just be like, man, I fucking suck and I played wrong (laughs) and I'm a piece of shit and everyone doesn't like me. And I just, I just (laughs) feel really sad. And I think about it for like four weeks after I'd be like, if only I had done this differently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Sure. (laughs) Tracks. (laughs) <laughs> tracks real good <laughs> well how do we feel what is the salt rating on someone who actively highs it goes kicks their deck across the room yeah he was so lacking in salt that he went to like a salt mine and slammed open the walls of it to gather more salt <laughs> <laughs> he went to the mine and instead of going through the open like cavern door he just just like smashed through the side of the mountain until yes. he reached the salt that's what you're saying yeah that's exactly what i'm saying yeah he's yeah. not he's not mining salt with a pickaxe he's going in with fucking dynamite and <laughs> yeah. and standing next to it when it goes off yeah <laughs> and just letting like, himself get, get buried in the salt <laughs> i mean that's yeah. crazy man um, I know. Sometimes it's easy to lose yourself in those moments. You shouldn't let yourself, but it's so much salt. It's a high amount of salt. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot. That's a lot of damage to his deck. What's that from? I don't that's know. It's like know. a. I think it's like a. It's like a meme, like Flex Seal or something. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's Flex Seal. <laughs> Sounded oddly familiar. Anyway, carry on, good sir. (laughs) Shall we do another? Let's do another one, guys. This one is on a similar theme. This one is a response to another one of our weekly posts on Reddit. And our post was entitled, Do you see a lot of salt at your LGS? And one of our friends on Reddit um, replied and had a great little reply. And it goes only salt I've ever seen at my LGS was probably me. LOL. Last time I was there, I played a three person game with my buddy. I always come with and a rando who I've seen around the store and have dreaded having to interact with super loud, obnoxious, clearly dumps a lot of money into his decks, but for some reason is liked by the regulars. My friend and I have been playing very regularly for a couple months now, and we try to do our best to be knowledgeable about rules and notable cards. But the guy we were playing with never announced his permanence and spent most of the game on his phone. 
By the end of the game, he had Omnoth, Locus of Rage, and about 30 elementals on board. But my friend fogged him as he tried to swing for lethal. I top decked a decree of pain, hard cast it, and he immediately shook my hand. I thought that was him admitting defeat. I didn't know what his commander did because he had never bothered to explain it. Unfortunately, killing his elementals with Omnoth on board was the worst possible play. But this guy latched onto my misplay and scooped to move to game two. I got pretty frustrated, not like loud or physically angry, more just like dejected and muttering to myself while I grabbed a different deck. Ended up stomping him hard in the second game, which made me feel a little better. And then I packed up and left early because I didn't want to embarrass myself by getting heated again. I felt bad to be the saltiest person in the store, and I did some reflecting after, but at least I know to avoid that guy at all costs. Well, totally. I think this is partially what makes me really salty too. I, I've got to say, I do think it's it's everyone's responsibility to announce what they're playing, to to announce like what they're introducing to the game. But it's also each player's responsibility to know what all of the game pieces are doing. Um, and if someone's, you know, being obnoxious about it, it's great to call them out earlier and just say like, Hey, you're not, can you just say what cards you're playing? Yeah. Um, or every time they put something down, you have to be kind of vigilant and like reach over and look at it. Um, but with that mentality, when, when you're thinking it's your responsibility to track permanence on the board and stuff, then this, this post reads a little bit as like, you know, a shame post of like, this is the version of salt that I get all the time where it's like, oops, I messed up by not yeah. paying attention to this. I misplayed really bad. Uh, and that I totally sympathize with that gets me the worst. I mean, I've been here in this situation when people have announced the card and I just like forget about it or I forget about a specific trigger and or, or I'm focused on something else. And I mean, if you're focused on like a huge wall of elementals and you're just trying to knock out that creature wall, uh, not an actual wall, not a creature type wall, but you know, wall of creatures. And you just forget about like this combo piece that's basically out there. Like it happens, you know? I mean, I think this is just part of kind of playing the game and part of learning with the game is to be more aware of the board state and I like to be proactive when my opponents play something that I don't recognize. I like to reach out to them and ask and say, like, what does that do? You know, like, give me some information on that, something like that. And if your opponent isn't offering that information, it is a little bit more on you to be asking about it. But again, I mean, that can be hard too, you know, especially with a complex board state. You may just overlook something or even forget to ask about a card before you cast a big spell like that. Sometimes that's why I think it's like, you got to think about things a little bit in phases. So I've just been burned by that kind of thing a lot in the past where I, I, I don't know what all the cards do. So I'm by myself frequently asking, what does that do? And they tell me in the moment. And then I'm like, all right, in one ear out the other, like, I'm like, I don't need to be that worried about it, whatever. So like, if I'm going to go to swing at somebody or I'm going to go to like, remove do like a board wipe or something a lot of times what i will do is like whoever i'm swinging at however it's sorry I, I will be like okay let me think i'm going to attacks i'm at that point if i swing at you like if i do that like yeah what do i need to be concerned about and you i think most honest players will tell you like all right these are the the creatures i have and like this is like the thing that if you like the effect that will happen as a result 
uh, it's on you to like figure it out to a degree. But I think also by like just kind of taking that step and be like, here's a big game action thing I'm about to do. Like, what is the repercussion? And like getting to that phase and using that phase to be like, all right, if I do this, what do I need to be concerned about? And most people will be like, yeah, if you swing at me, like my creatures will get buffed or like whatever it may be. Totally. Like that hints at the kind of the attitude issue here too. Like I think the poster here has the exact right idea of don't play with this person because the players you really want to play with are the ones that are trying to actively make the game as clear as possible. They're trying yeah. to really have like a, a positive, you know, group experience where people know what's going on and, and are able to make the best decisions as possible to have like a, a good game of magic, a like interesting game of magic. Um, so avoiding that player, great decision. Definitely do that. And for everyone that maybe feels like sometimes they are that player where they're like sneaking stuff on the board, like revisit that. Think about maybe trying to be more of a like kind of good community member at the table where you're offering the information of what it is that you've got going on. Yeah, I think that there's a element of like gotcha moments where I don't really love those you know i think more often than not a gotcha moment feels kind of bad might feel Mm -hmm. good where you're like hey i pulled one over on you but if you're getting to that point with like trickery or misdirection not really the greatest sportsmanship that you can bring into the game and then i mean for me it really brings up the question like well did i actually get that win with my player skill or did i get that win because i like tricked somebody you know Mm -hmm. and personally i would rather win by being like as transparent as I can and actually getting the win doesn't mean you can't be political and misdirect that way. But if someone asks me what my cards do, I'm going to tell them, yeah, you know, yeah. someone's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just not read it fully or say like, Oh, you should know, or, you know, anything like that. And if that is what's happening with this person, like certainly try not to play with them. Or, you know, if you are going to play with them, have that conversation. Say like, Hey, I need to know what your board state is. Like, can you please just read me that card? Can I see it? And by the rules, like the rules in magic, you are obligated to make your board clear to people. Uh, You don't have to say like, you know, by doing these series of actions, I can make this happen. And some of those gotchas are kind of this gray area, but you do have to say this can do this, this can do this, this can do this, or make that public to somebody. Um, I think we have to go a little long with this one because I have another post that is like so perfect for the situation. And I think we just need to talk about it. All right, let's do let's it. Let's fucking do it then. Uh, so this is another post. It comes to us from the EDH subreddit from user annual throwaway three, two, seven, one. If you see them, give them an upvote. And the post is titled communicating what your cards do during a match. Ooh, nice. Like what a segue. Perfect. Pretty relevant. <laughs> I like to not communicate what my cards do to my opponents. Is this rude? One guy at my LGS doesn't want to play with me. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be hilarious. I was playing in this three-person match, and I crushed my opponents with an Omnoth that I hid under my land. (laughs) Why were they not cool with this? (laughs) Uh, So the post goes, I typically play with the same group, and I guess like any other, we have our own meta and a way of doing things. Last night, I was invited to play with a different group, and there was a dispute. In my usual group, we announce the full text of whatever card is being played. Tapping two colorless and a blue for big bad, the card, two-two-fying, has spicy text that does the thing, whatever. It's never been an issue to ask what the card does in later rounds, 
The player will either read their card again or hand it over so the player asking can read it themselves. This article is the best I've found on the subject, even though it's for tournament play. Here's a quote. For example, if a player asks their opponent what a card does, a player does not have to give all of the information about the card. Their opponent may say that Vampire Nighthawk is a flying 2-3 creature and omit that it has Death Touch and Lifelink. Sam jumping in here. So that's something from tournament play. Some kind of quote from an article. The stage has been set. Now on to the salt. The player in question will call him Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't want to disclose the oracle text of his cards. When asked, he would just shrug his shoulders and ignore. He didn't want anyone else touching his cards and refused to hand them over so anyone else could read them. Dick was across the table from me, so I got out of my seat a few times to examine his board myself. This seemed to greatly annoy Dick, and he eventually threw his hands up in disgust and scooped at instant speed, packed up his bag, and rage quit. Wow. Maybe That's a pretty my no- good play. <laughs> <laughs> Zero mana, stand up, walk. <laughs> Target opponent loses the game. Yeah. That's potent effect. That's easy. Maybe my normal group goes above and beyond with full disclosure, but I don't feel like I was in the wrong here. How does your group handle this? So we've already talked about this a lot, obviously, in, in the context of this other post, but this is just like a really perfect as. This is a really perfect example of somebody taking this to the utmost level of being a dick about it, you know? Yeah. 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 It's don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. It is. (laughs) It is definitely something that varies heavily by play group. And I think that's, that's a great question to be asking. And it also like can change in a play group over time. Like we've played enough that uh, I'm not going to read the full text when I play Dranith magistrate. Like there's no reason for me to do that in our pod. We don't even um, read the full name. We yeah. Just I'm Dranith. just going to say, yeah. Dranith. <laughs> it's like I'm playing Dranith responses. <laughs> yeah. I probably won't even read the mana cost, but it's been interesting because I've recently been playing with Pat and uh, his buddy Nico and Shayla as well. And Shayla's a new player and, Nico is a returning player who's been away for a a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Pat, I can tell, is in the habit of reading every single card he plays, the the full card. Um, And so it's been a big adjustment for me when I have switched between these groups a couple of times recently because uh, I can't use those shortcuts. It's, you know, more courteous for these newer players or or returning player to um, get the full text so that they know what's going on. Yeah, I kind of like that. Personally, like I've been going to local LGSs, uh, local, local gaming stores. (laughs) I've been going to LGSs lately and just getting in games when I can and playing with people that I've never played with before. And, and I kind of like that. I mean, sometimes when we're playing, you know, I think we've all seen game nights and they do like the talking head stuff and they, you know, it's sometimes it's a little cheesy and funny where they over explain things, but I kind of like to do that a little bit when I'm playing Mm -hmm. with strangers and like really say like, this is what the card does. And this is what it means for my board state. And kind of, especially if I'm playing with new players, like kind of explain it a little bit more than what I would do playing against you guys who know, you know, you know, when I drop um, Phyrexian altar in my Gave deck, it's going to be a combo piece and I'm going to be sacking Sapperlings to it and making mana, you know, mm-hmm. but playing against somebody who's never seen that deck before, I may want to read the card. Maybe even go a little bit beyond and say, like, 
this is kind of what this means to me and means for my board state. You can even use that politically to some extent. Sometimes your clarity can deflect threat. You can be like, oh, this is my Phyrexian altar, but it's really not doing anything right now. I would totally. need X card for it to be relevant. Yeah. And and you say that and people are less likely to be like, oh, I got to remove that right away. They might be like, okay, well, yeah. he doesn't have X card out. So that's but not a problem. They know yet. you were fucking it's lying and then you win and then you win. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. Wait, I must you, have misexplained. You say, I got you. I got you with my skill and my skill alone. Yeah. Wait, Sam, uh, wait. <laughs> I must have said something wrong. No, I agree, Mike. This is a, a great way of doing it. Lie to your opponents. It's a simple fix. Your win rate goes up. Yeah. And if that fails, it. just knock their deck on the ground. Yeah, and, and stomp on it. And take their milk money. <laughs> call him a nerd i feel like i tend to do a very similar thing although like depending upon like when i play with new people as i start to fill out the table if i realize that everybody is experienced i i definitely stop explaining as much and i'll yeah. tend to like say less actually but then if i know there's like even just if there's one person at the table who is like very inexperienced very new whatever it is i'm i'm practically telling them i like look, I'm going to fucking win if I do this. Like, you got to do something. Like, this is, like, how you have to stop it. And then my my detail gets pretty lax once I realize if everyone is, like, experienced. I do tend to fall back into the, like, I'm playing for Xing Altair. This is, this is also, like, wanting to be clear on this kind of thing is one of the things that fuels my spicy card obsession. Um, like, mm. <laughs> the parry, the pulverizer deck that I have is, like, 90% cards with a weird counter type on them that I get to be like, and this card has a wish counter on it. And this card has a page counter. This one has a palation counter. Like <laughs> I'm reading the full text just to tell you what kind of weird counter is on it yeah. every time. To explain the cool spice you found. I do find yeah. that. Like if I have a card that I that I think is cool that like mm -hmm. doesn't get played much, I definitely am like, oh, and here's this card that I found. Yeah. It's super cool, right, everyone? <laughs> And then when no one says anything, I'm like, don't you want to sometimes actually no, for real, I'll be like, I play this card and it's like, nobody knows what the fuck it is. And I'm just like eagerly waiting for someone to be like, what does that <laughs> do? That? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> and they're just clicking on it on spell table. Like I'm not going to ask <laughs> Tony. Clicking never works. Hashtag Tony hates spell table still. <laughs> jumping back to this question or jumping back to this post with Dick. You know, I, I do think that this touches on a couple other things we've talked about before. They mentioned that this player did not want to touch, did not want other people touching their cards. And, you know, I do think something that we've talked about on the podcast before is if that is okay to some extent, if you do have a reason where you don't want people to touch your cards, like that's fine, communicate it early on but be prepared to have some kind of solution so that you can still play the game effectively. If you're saying you can't touch my cards and you can't read them and I'm not going to tell you what they do, like that's insane. That's like playing checkers and being like, <laughs> I'm going to have my checker pieces on another board under the table and you can't look at them. Like <laughs> how is someone supposed to play the fucking game that way? Yeah, for real. Yeah. And if you can only win the game by obscuring what your board state is, you're a scrub. Yeah, you're and trash. you should get better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you fucking scrub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. And basically yeah. with like the fucking Oracle text, like <laughs> if you have if you have cards that like require Oracle text to be read and to understand them, it means they're already fucking confusing. Don't be mm. a dick. I mean, that's a really good point, Tony. Like if you have a card where the printed text on the card, maybe it's an older version, does not reflect the Oracle text, you got to come in with a clarification. I want you explaining every wild growth you play from here on out, Sam. Yeah. Like I, I have these third or fourth edition wild growths that I love. They're like really old. I, I'm not sure what edition. And I fucking love them. And it says, whenever the usual mana is drawn from target land, wild growth provides an extra green. <laughs> I, love that. I love that wild growth is going out of its way to provide me an extra green. When target land, when I'm drawing mana from target land, I just love, like, I love that old shit. But if I play that against someone new, they're going to be like, what is that? It's targeting. <laughs> I'm going to deflecting Swata to one of my lands. You know, it's like yeah. very confusing. <laughs> and then you have cards like Kismet, where it says, an older versions of Kismet, uh, an amazing enchantment for, for three colorless and a white. It says, it says target opponent's lands artifacts and creatures enter the battlefield tapped and it has been eroded uh with new oracle text where it affects all opponents so if you have more than one opponent everybody's shit enters the battlefield tapped which is very important because you want everyone to know how screwed they are when you play that card (laughs) (laughs) i think i really just love the concept of someone trying to deflecting swat uh your wild growth mana production <laughs> onto like, their own land. Yeah. As a concept, I love that. And then using it to crop rotate into fucking uh, emergence zone and comboing off at instant speed. Oh my God. <laughs> the next tech, dude. <laughs> Obviously. Well, well uh, uh-huh. How do we feel about the salt rating here? You (laughs) fucking bitch. (laughs) Try it at me right now. I mean, (laughs) we had two here. We had two posts here about communicating cards. I mean, for me, this is, this is bordering full shaker. Um, That first one I'd say is, you know, for me, that's like a half shaker or maybe just a wet packet of salt. When I'm in a situation like that, Generally, I look in the mirror and blame myself. Like I fucking forgot about the Omnath Locus of Rage. Even How when it's not your fault. Me? Even when it's not my fault, I will yeah. say like, I should have asked more. I should have done this. I should have done that. So for me, that's definitely like the sulky kind of wet saltiness where I'm just bummed out and sad. For this situation with Dick, that's a full shaker that I'm whipping across the room. That's a full shaker that I've strapped to my foot and I'm kicking a folding table with four TVs on it. And the TV on the other side is falling over on my friend, Mark. Uh, yeah, like that shit's bullshit, man. How do you expect me to play a game with you when you're not telling me what your cards do or anything? Like you might as well just, we might as well not be playing, right? Like yeah. I, sh- I could just, I could have more fun just goldfishing my deck alone. For me, yep. I think I can just leave it at, let's just call him Dick. <laughs> yeah my salt rating for this is one dryad arbor it's rude to be unclear with your board state and that's been eternalized in competitive play you you got to make your board clear to people yeah. yeah well i guess it's that time 
I think it's that time, that time of the week. What time is it though? Like, I don't even know. It's the time of the week we look forward to every week. Every fucking week. It's people. the time of the week where we say, Mike, what's the saltiest card of the week? Well, the salty card of the week. Card of the week. Yeah, it's the salty card. Uh, yes i knew tony that. was like that <laughs> that was good <laughs> any just scott stab and dipping into a little scott stab oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i could have used an ending like yeah but yeah. i can feel it it was in your soul it was yeah, there so that's there. all i needed <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Sam, the extra soul this week is greatly appreciated because this card is, I think, near and dear to your heart. The salty uh, card of the week that, that means this week it. is Eureka, the Tiger's Shadow. Oh, Ugh. my girl. Love Eureka. <laughs> what an amazing Eureka. card. I think we just did the Eureka right here. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different us. Eureka <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> so Eureka is... One, a blue and a black for a legendary creature, human ninja. It also has commander ninjutsu, which is a blue and a black, which is you pay that you return an unblocked attacker you control to hand, put this card onto the battlefield from your hand or the command zone tapped and attacking. Notably, this does not pay command tax. The additional text is whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player, reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand. Each opponent loses life equal to that card's converted mana cost. It's a Amazing. one three. So, Tony, this card uh, make you salty? Have, yes, it fucking does because it's fucking bullshit. I couldn't tell. The, the part that uh, Mike forgot to read is the uh, the text on the bottom that also says this card is so fucking broken. How did Wizards <laughs> fucking print this shit? Like, who the fuck was like, oh, this is fine. We'll give you card draw. We'll give you like... You can just play infinitely command. What the fuck is commander ninjutsu? Like, like it's so dumb. Like that, I I dislike this card because it's so broken. Like, it's just not fair. Like people literally can always just cast it for two. It's for each ninja you have. It's so easy. It's so easy to abuse. Like I just find it hard to believe that somebody play tested this and was like. You can't break this. This is like this is fucking casual shit. Like yeah. this doesn't like, make Ornithopter ridiculously I stupid. I want to know the play testers for this one. Like I'm sure lots of people love it. Blah blah blah. blah but like I'm about to tell you how much I love this it. This card is fucking broken. Got a big smile on my face. It's broken. It like does so many of the things you want to do for so cheap. Like. Ugh, I really hate it. So Sam, it gives me infinite salt. <laughs> I haven't felt this much you... salt from one of these in a while. Yeah, I'm you're like feeling it mad. right now. You're so mad. You're oh about to God. guzzle some water to, to balance it to out. Like... <laughs> so Sam, bring us into the light on the joys of Eureka here. Uh, let me tell you guys, Eureka fucking rocks. First of all, Commander Ninjutsu an amazing ability you never have to pay commander tax it's so so good um yeah it's just awesome so i mean ninjas one i think we can all agree ninjas are cool right ninjas no. are great 
Yeah. Uh, I love them trash. when they're turtles and also, you know, young adults. Um, and it's just a super fun. What about old adults? Yeah. No, old turtles. Whoa. No, definitely not. What about not. not into like Master Splinter? He's not a turtle. He's a rat. He's old though. Yeah, but old rats are cool. Young turtles, okay. old rats. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you did say young adults. That could yeah, be defined well, as any number of. I like them when they're a little older and edgy, you know. Teenage, I don't. I, I like them in Ghost of Tsushima. All right, we're getting off track here. All right, sorry about um, that. Carry on. Let's let's you know let's stay on target here. Eureka's amazing. Oh right, Eureka, Eureka fucking sucks. So I played Eureka for I, I still play Eureka. I have a Eureka deck. I used to play it casually. I tuned it up to CDH, which was a ton of fun. It, it was never really casual fans. <laughs> That's another <laughs> one of my like. Just to the things of how broken it is. You can't really make like a casual. It's high power casual. It's very strong. It's not CDH level anymore. I've tuned it back down. Um, but at CDH, I mean, there's so many things you can do with it. One, you know, the the ninja attack trigger where you're flipping cards off the top of your library and like blasting people for the mana cost. You run Drago in your deck, which is a 16 CMC creature. And with like a brainstorm, or a scroll rack and like two ninja triggers, you can double up on that and beam people with like the triggers on the stack and put it back on top of your deck and beam people for like 32 damage in a single turn, which is amazing. Um, so it's got like big splashy plays. It's also not card draw. You are putting cards into your hand so you can play around things that are like hand hate and card draw hate and stuff like that really effectively. It also makes all these stupid little creatures like ornithopter and memnite and phyrexian walker and all these weird things really powerful because they come down super early and you just turn them into ninjas on like turn two or three you know you're dropping down a bunch of ninjas so it's a you really can't interact with the commander ninjutsu too right yeah like that can can't be countered you'd have to like stifle it yeah it would be a stifle because it's an activated ability but it's a it's it's hard to interact with because even if you stifled it, I could pay it again and bring Eureka in again. So it yeah. is hard to interact with. Even if you stop it, um, you can always activate it again. I mean, ninjutsu is kind of like reconnaissance. People know reconnaissance. We've talked about it on a previous episode. It's very similar in that whenever a creature isn't blocked for the rest of combat, it remains an unblocked creature. So you can continue to even after damage, uh, you can continue to do some pretty crazy stuff with your ninjutsu triggers. I mean, there's, um, I think it's Sakashima student is a ninja that comes in and it comes in as a copy of another creature on board. Someone's got a dock side. You can make infinite mana right then and there or infinite treasures right then and there by just continually bouncing that and ninjutsuing it with a second ninja that you have in your hand. So, I mean, it's just a ton of fun. You can run curse totem that stops creature activated abilities because ninjutsu abilities are activated from your hand and curse totem only affects creatures that are on the board. So you can really cheese the rules in that way too. <laughs> so again, Sam is just exemplifying all the reasons why this thing is just fucking amazing. Broken. <laughs> <laughs> you say broken. I say amazing. Uh, I mean, it's a ton of fun to play. I love it. The one downside, the one thing that does make me salty about it is sometimes I will come out super hot and then I'm just dirtling and not doing a lot. 
and you guys are like, he's fucking gonna go crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I really suck right now, guys. And it's genuine, and you just kick my ass. Because it has a big reputation, clearly. Well, I mean, it's super mad. It's the only option, right? Like you you either eliminate you like immediately or you just run away with it. Yeah. One of the scariest and and toughest parts about Eureka is that if she's getting in for damage, you might just get hit by 16 damage out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, and so you have to treat her as having this insanely weirdly high power, even though she doesn't. Uh, Cause you might just get whacked by it. It puts a huge clock on the game. If you aren't giving us a ton of damage for it, you're getting like three cards. Yeah. Like, right. Like you're, you're gaining so much incremental value. It's like insane. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of card advantage. And like Mike said, I mean, it's this incidental drain where just by virtue of running high cards in your deck, like treasure cruise, you don't even have to go full into the Drago line. You can just have like expensive value cards in your deck and that is gonna slowly drain your opponents down and, and really put a clock on the game. Like you can end games really fast with Eureka and it's hard to yeah. interact with. I, I see why it's so salty. I just love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you feel all about those things fight? you described. So I was going to say everything you described is what makes Eureka players love Eureka. And it's all the things that makes everybody else hate Eureka. Yeah. <laughs> makes it so salt inducing. Um, because it really is that that difficulty of interaction. You have to look for those windows where they ninjutsu Eureka out and it's no longer like you have to wait for it to be on the board after combat and then hit it with like some interaction right then and hope the blue player Eureka doesn't have a counter in their hand or something. Uh, and you have to make sure it can attack. You need to like dark steel mutate it or, yeah. or, you know, one of those really odd forms of removal. Cause if you just put it back in the command zone, it's not gonna, it's not going to do it for you. And I think that gets a lot of people. I think that that's part of why like eminence is such a frustrating mechanic for a lot of people too. things in the command zone that aren't impacted by command tax is just like a generally, yeah. Uh, a frustrating thing for for players in commander i think that's super fair it it frustrates and bothers me but eureka is definitely one of those cards where i'm like i i have accepted that it's in the game uh i don't think i'm super salty now every time that i'm playing against it but i know that the, a lot of what i hate about it means i'm gonna try and deal with it really quickly when i see it uh so i think the thing for me is like hot take like Eureka wouldn't be salty if Commander Ninjutsu didn't exist on it. Like, if it feels like that is what takes it and makes it unfair in my mind because oh, you yeah. always pay for two. Yeah. Like, if that, if the, if there was Commander Tax added to that each time, I wouldn't care because if I remove it, now it's four. If I remove it again, now it's six. And it's like, it, it remains true into that, like, kind of style and the, the spirit of the format. <laughs> what, what was intended you know and so like simply that and i think that card is no longer such a fucking problem i mean derevi is very strong for the same reason it's got that activated yeah, ability sure. where you just put it in from the command zone mm -hmm. i will say um just jumping off of what you were saying mike as a eureka player i will tell you all how to deal with eureka so if you have a eureka that's an issue in your pod this is how you deal with it. 
You don't remove Eureka. What you want to be removing, it's going to feel bad and it's going to feel stupid. But what you want to be removing are the weird little one ones for one that are evasive because those are the enablers that make a ninja deck go off. You want to have a pretty good set of blockers on your own side because uh, you could get overpowered by like a wave of ninjas and you want to remove the evasive creatures. If you can get something like Kenrith's Transformation or Imprisoned in the Moon or Darksteel uh, Mutation onto Eureka, that's also good. But most Eureka decks run some kind of uh, run a fair amount of bounce effects so you can put Eureka back in your hand because sometimes that's the only way to get through on their combat damage with a ninja is to return something to your hand. So while that is probably the second best removal, it's not always like a sure thing, but removing those little evasive creatures, you know, it's going to feel stupid to use a sword to plowshares on a mem knight or like a one, one flyer, but it is going to be really effective. That is how you stop that deck from popping off. And I do think, frankly, that that's part of what makes Eureka have a really shit play pattern, because either people do that as kind of the correct way of dealing with the deck and the Eureka player just has a shit time because yeah. people are actively dealing with them in the only effective way, or you don't do that and you get rolled by Eureka. So it, it, it's it's sort of lining up this imbalance that's so serious that either the Eureka player is going to have a seriously bad time or everyone else is going to have a seriously bad time, which I think is not a super great thing. And it's oh, also so it's instantaneous, a... right? Like turn two, turn three, it's happening, right? Like your Rico is dropping out. It's not like they're expensive. It's like one drops and two drops. Yeah, you're it's coming throwing out. You're immediately swinging with, immediately like gaining the value, immediately getting more cards in your hand and immediately able to even play out more of them. So it's just like... Such a fucking snowball. Fucking yeah, ego. I don't Where disagree. This... <laughs> but it it is, you know, a couple other things. It is a glass cannon. Like to your point, Mike, it's a glass cannon deck. It is going to either pop off and just blast everybody really early, or you're going to hit it and it's going to crumble. And people who are playing it and not expecting that maybe will have a bad time. And I've had a bad time playing it where it doesn't go well, but that's kind of the risk of playing. It. You know, it's, it's big risks, big rewards. Mm -hmm. And the other thing to your point, Tony, is it does come down really fast, but at the same time, it is a super mana hungry deck with Eureka. You are using every single colored pip of mana you have because every ninjutsu ability is like maximum colored pips and you are bouncing creatures back to your hand and having to replay them. So usually there's not a lot of room for like a chip at the tempo of a Eureka deck, which goes back to my point about removing some of those evasive creatures if you do that stuff like and just disrupt its tempo a little bit in the early game you can really crumble a eureka deck pretty easily yeah the key there is definitely the colored mana like that deck wants a lot of colored mana things i've noticed yeah um, i mean in, in cdh i didn't run a soul ring yeah because i couldn't use it you know or sometimes if i got my mana crypt i'd play it on turn like four yeah, because I like wasn't even doing anything for you. And it just makes me look stronger to have a mana crypt out, you know? For I'd sure. rather like hang on to it. Um get it wheeled away. Yeah, for real. <laughs> That's happened to me too many times. So where I'm times. like, I'm gonna hold it back and then I get wheeled. And I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> where where does it sit on the list, Mike? Yeah, so uh doop doo. Give me a moment. Wait, over or under, I wanna guess. Hmm. Where is it for you, Tony? Where is it for you on the one? Number one. 
This is this is this is where <laughs> we should do this now. Our personal salt list. Yeah, where's it for you on your personal salt list, Tony? Top 100. If you had to place it in your top 100, where'd you put it? Hmm. I guess I don't know all the other cards that would be before it, but what I was gonna say is like a 23. I'm feeling like I'm feeling like 65. I thought you were going to say 99. <laughs> no, I recognize it's strong. No, so this is actually pretty far down. It's 89. It's part of Whoa. why I was interested in doing this one. I think we as a play group have a much saltier <laughs> experience with this card. I'll than... say anybody who's played with it, I'll say 23. Everybody else is like 89. <laughs> yeah. But last year, it wasn't even on the salty score. So wow. it, mm. has been, uh, it has been cranking up. And... I do think that there's been mechanics that have changed over time that have made it even stronger. Like they removed tucking at one point from commander. And that I think was a, a buff to Eureka. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's climbing up the ranks. And, and there's a ton of new ninjas. I mean, uh, yes. neon dynasty Kamigawa really amped up that deck. It right. used to be very lean with your ninjas. The ones that were really good and like high power. And now it's like you run like 20 of them. It's crazy. Totally. All right. Well, that is it for the salty card of the week. Thanks, Mike, for the awesome salty card. I think we all agree. Eureka is amazing. And there really aren't any other viewpoints there, which is good. It's cool to be unified, you know? For sure. (laughs) It's good to be unified. (laughs) And thank you, prospectors out there, for tuning in to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine. Uh, If you guys haven't checked it out yet, come and take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash howlingsaltmine. We have two tiers that you can join at right now. The first one is a pinch and it's $3. That is just uh, some access to our discord. Get those warm, fuzzy feelings, knowing that you're helping support us, increase the quality of our show, uh, help us do bigger and better things in the future. And then we have our $7 tier, which is again, that discord access. And you also get a bonus episode every single month, uh, what we're calling extra salt. That's going to come out on the second Sunday of every month, you'll get that extra episode in your feed. Um, and we're for the first 50 people that join our dashed here, we are also giving you four of our salty treasure tokens. Uh, and this is for anybody, anywhere. You could be in the US, you could be international. We're gonna mail you those tokens so you can have a little bit of the Howling Salt Mine with you next time you play Magic. I should also mention that joining the Patreon also gives you a Patreon-specific RSS feed So you can bring that into your favorite podcast app and basically listen to those episodes as they're uploaded there. Also, uh, if you haven't already, please give the podcast a five-star rating in whatever podcast source you consume them in. (laughs) And uh, it really does help out and uh, help get it in front of other people as well and just makes us feel good. Hit that notification bell, smash that subscribe button, you know, all the things. I mean, it it really is true. Like we just got our annual Spotify wrapped done and I didn't know this. I should have known, but apparently when you have a podcast on Spotify, you get like a creator annual wrapped thing. We were only around for a few months, but we were like in like the top 10% of podcasts that had been shared with other people, just period in like all of the podcasts on Spotify, which is fucking crazy. And we were in the vast majority of our listeners. We were in your top 10 podcasts, many of you top five as well. And for 69 amazing people, we were your number one podcast. Nice.
If you're not following us on social media yet, come check that out. Instagram is definitely our base of operations. We're at The Howling Salt Mine on Instagram. And Twitter is more of our fun, conversational space, kind of chit-chatting, shit-posting, whatever, putting some memes out there, funny things that uh, pop in my weird brain throughout the day. And that is at Howling Salt Mine. And as always, we want to shout out our amazing podcast artist on this show, J.D. Burnett. If you guys are in Asheville, North Carolina, get a sweet tattoo from J.D. We are all hoping to do that one day, uh, for sure. 10,000 or bust. <laughs> I'll bust. <laughs> a nut. Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be an episode if we didn't go there. Yeah. Oh, Tony, can you say, can you say your tagline? Blue is a trash color for trash players. Thank you. Thank time. you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. My friend George was Fuck like, blue. you should say that every episode because he loves it. <laughs> Don't forget everyone. Blue is a trash color for trash players. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do love that. I hadn't said it in a hot sec. Keep your eyes on what we're doing, guys. We've got the Patreon going now. You know, we have some big plans for that in the future as that starts to pick up steam. And we do have some merchandise on the horizon. So keep your eyes peeled for that as well. Again, our Twitter and Instagram, that is where you're going to find those things. And email us your salty stories. Uh, we are at thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com. Keep those stories short, sweet, and to the salt. And if you guys find any salty posts on Reddit, tag us in them, DM them to us on Reddit, whatever. We're the Howling Salt Mine on Reddit as well. And check out our weekly posts. We read a couple posts today that came from there. Stay salty, everybody. And don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the Howling Salt This first one. Hold on. Holding. Oh. Sorry. Been drinking beer. (laughs) I've been drinking. I've been drinking beer. And I also had Wendy's for dinner. Drinking. And Ben and Jerry's earlier today. (laughs) Six pack Sam is. Oh, six pack Sam is gone. It's just six pack summer Sam. Yeah. That ever even happened? No, I I did nice. get very strong, but hell yeah! Now I'm just. Did you have like weak. the two pack, the like the two I, on the top? I had the two like, pack, man. I had the two pack. That felt good. <laughs> All right, because this, I was awkward. I got like this is is to be cut, but like when my shirt's off, it's like the two pack is there, but the the bottom looks very not good. <laughs> like, I really don't even understand how it functions sometimes, but. You know. <laughs> Like, I don't know how what, not good. It's like, well, it's kind of like what what reality am I living in? Like, how does this <laughs> how do these two translate? Like, how do they work together in this world? <laughs> oh man. Look, be a clown. <laughs> all right. Well, that, that's all getting cut, thankfully. So that's great. <laughs> what a weird way to start the episode. Like. Welcome Go back. <laughs> Just me saying clowns on repeat for a minute. <laughs> that, now that has to be a blooper where it just goes beep, clowns, beep. That's <laughs> <laughs> like actively trying to lose. <laughs> See, look at this guy.
this this winner right here this, this wrote limited player <laughs> yeah, exactly thanks tony i didn't have a <laughs> i didn't have a good insult i just i just complimented mike and called him a winner <laughs> <laughs> look at this charming winner right here huh look at his his beautiful face his bright smile what a jerk 